It's The Roots Podcast. I'm Alex Seeley. Guys, I, I really hope you stick around. Today's episode is the most exciting story I've ever told on this podcast, and you'll hear why if you stick around. So this week, I am telling you a story about radio. It's about an American, Dan Johnson, who moves to the Soviet Union before its collapse, starting the first nationwide Christian radio network to ever exist in Russian territory. The network is called New Life Radio, by the way. It's also a story about their station manager, Ivan, who had to escape the network's headquarters in Odessa, Ukraine, with his family immediately after Putin invaded. Mostly, though, if we're honest, it's a story about God, his divine providence in providing for New Life Radio in every moment and in every way. So, let's get to it. Uh, the first question, how did Dan this American fella, end up starting this Christian radio network across the ocean in the first place. It is 1987, and Dan Johnson is living in Nome, Alaska, just about as close as you can get to the Soviet Union while still standing on American soil. He wakes up every morning looks across the freezing Bering Sea and wonders what's on the other side. At this point in the Cold War, things are still very frosty between the Soviet Union and the United States. Remember, it's been a closed political border for about 40 years, and one of Dan's friends approaches him with what I would call a really insane idea. A friend of mine came up to me in 1987. He said, hey, Dan, I want to open up the Soviet border. You want to help me? Yeah. Oh, what are you doing this Thursday? Do you want to open up a national border that has been closed for the last four decades? Yeah, me too. I'm not doing anything. Anyways, I'm just kidding. Dan's friend wasn't just bored, like my bit implied. He had a very noble mission in mind. And that mission was... To uh, reunite American and Soviet Eskimos. Eskimos. You see... During this time, there were native northern people that were separated by nothing else than 200 miles of Cold War tension. And Dan's pal didn't like it. So, the two of them started a ground roots project to take a flight from Nome, Alaska to Providenia in Chukotka, which is in northern Russia. And this flight, it would allow these separated Eskimos to reunite. Great, right? Well, these talks with the Soviet government for Dan led to more opportunities that he couldn't even imagine. And from that time forward, the Soviets invited us to go to different Soviet cities, sort of as, uh, you know, they call them ambassador without portfolios, to represent the U.S. Eventually, Dan starts working on various telecom projects in the Soviet Union. Projects like bringing American satellite TV to various Soviet cities, things like that. In August of 1991, Dan actually moves to the Soviet Union. And if you know your Slavic history, this next part won't surprise you. And uh, four months later, the, uh, the country fell apart. The Soviet Union was no more. And right away, the, uh, the, Russian, the new Russian government passed a law that for the first time in 70 years allowed individuals to start broadcasting or mass media, you know, radio, TV, or press. So, here we have this Christian fella living in a recently destabilized and collapsed world power, 
and it has just legalized and enabled individuals to begin broadcasting mass media across the nation. And not to mention, during this time, Dan actually made his living on working in telecommunications in Russia. So God was opening up a door for Dan to do something incredible. There had never been a history of Christian radio in that country, and now is the first opportunity to attempt it. So because I, I knew a lot of you know high Russian government officials, I figured I could take advantage of this new law, and I, I might have had some good contacts to help me along the way. So uh, I started the process and applied for an FM channel in this city where uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote about the Gulag Archipelago, where over a million people were killed uh, by the Soviets. It was a very dark very dark place. It took me three years of effort to apply for a frequency, to build a station, to put it all together. But in 96, after this effort, New Life Radio went live as the first Christian FM station. So Dan's like, woo, great. We have the, the first Christian FM radio station in Russia. But then he starts thinking about it. Remember, it took him three years of hard work and money to get this radio station off the ground in the town of Magadan. And I don't know how much you know about radio, but radio frequencies don't go as far as you might think. There are 11 different time zones spanning the entirety of Russia, and there isn't a single other Christian FM radio station anywhere in the country at this point. And I knew how difficult it was you know, the process to actually start a station there. And most Christians in cities across the country didn't have the resources or the expertise or the money to pull it off. So the question was, how do we get Christian radio into every single community across Russia and the former Soviet Union? And that's when I started thinking about the, the new p potential of direct-to-home satellite radio. For those of you who don't know what satellite radio is, it's space radio. I like that. We're going to call it space radio from here on out. Space radio. It's basically a broadcast satellite in space that allows you to broadcast a radio signal nationwide. It's got a much larger range than terrestrial radio which is exactly what Dan needed to expand Christian radio across the 11 different time zones in Russia. By the early 2000s, with some help from Lockheed Martin, the Russians shot a broadcast satellite into space that could broadcast a radio signal from Germany all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Now Dan's next step was to figure out how on earth does a American Christian immigrant access this space radio thing. So, he moves to Moscow. I knew that there was only one building in all of Moscow that could connect to this new satellite, and it was in a, in a closed, state-restricted communication facility right on Red Square next to the Kremlin. This communication facility was used during the communist reign of the Soviet Union to monitor and control all radio communications throughout the country. And the director of this facility was the guy that greenlit or redlit different projects and programs that were airing during that communist regime. So just picture that guy in your mind. For me, I'm picturing this 
really tall, burly, red-wearing mustache fella that is very imposing. I don't know about you, but anyway, moving on. It controlled all Soviet radio. So I figured this, heck, this guy had absolutely zero reason to cooperate with Tiny recap, real fast, sorry. Remember, Dan needs space radio to broadcast the gospel message across the entirety of Russia. Remember, 11 time zones. There is one building that has access to said space radio. And this building is run by the guy that the communist government trusted to monitor and control all radio communications in the country during the Soviet Union. Yeah. It's hard for me to find a silver lining here. But Dan, being the madman he is, he just decides to go in and ask this mustache, burly, red-wearing fellow, the director, if he can use the space radio. And, and I went in thinking, okay, Lord, I know that I can't pull this off. You're going to have to do something if you want this to happen. And I simply, I, I introduced myself and I simply told him about our radio station in Magadan but it was a Christian station. It was a, it was a new kind of radio. We were trying to help young people in the country. And after a couple of minutes, he simply said, all right. I thought, is it really that easy to get into the toughest place to pull this venture off? He agreed to allow me to put in a studio on the top floor to be the centerpiece of this first nationwide Christian radio network. And New Life Radio went from being an FM station to a national Christian radio network uh, right from the Kremlin. But you know, with the Lord, if it's His will, He'll go through the strongest doors of opposition and all I could do it after I got out of that building, I just, it's one of those moments in life you never forget, and you can only give God the credit for making it happen, because only, only He had the ability to work this out. So, that is how New Life Radio got its start. It's a great story, and he's a very good storyteller. I thought it would be an appropriate story to tell at the top of this podcast to frame the rest of the conversation I had with Dan. Now, in the years since Dan started New Life Radio, we'll call it NLR from now on, the headquarters has moved to Odessa, Ukraine. Dan is stateside right now, administering the global operations of the network from Pennsylvania. Let's cut now to December of 2021. NLR has been broadcasting Christian radio throughout the area, not just Russia, but the surrounding areas as well, for over 20 years at this point. And Russia is making them very nervous. Putin's got 100,000 troops on the Ukrainian border, and everyone, including governments, are saying nothing's going to happen. Don't worry. He's not going in. They're just staging exercises. But I knew that something was going to be wrong. In response to this, Dan starts making plans. I went ahead and I found an evangelical church in Kishinya, Moldova, which is a big city not far from Odessa. And I told the pastor there 
I said, hey, Victor, um, we're going to need a place that we can have as an emergency in case the Russians do invade and we have to get out of Odessa. We need some place to go to be able to maintain our radio network undisturbed. And he said, sure, I've got an apartment for you in the church, and I've got a couple of rooms you can set up your station. So a couple months go by. No news of a Russian invasion. Things seem quiet. And for the first time ever, they find that they need a vehicle for the radio station, just a car to transport equipment, stuff like that. So they begin scouring southern Ukraine for the perfect fit. We can't find anything. We tried many cars. They turned out no good. And Yvonne, our station manager, one night came to us and said, um, I found a mechanic. He owns a car. It's a great condition. And he doesn't want to sell it to anybody but us. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, the guy's a mechanic, and he watches Yvonne's father-in-law's mechanic's YouTube channel, and he's his favorite mechanic. Turns out, when your country is about to be invaded, it pays to have a father-in-law that runs a mechanic YouTube channel. Who knew, right? By the way, Dan just referenced the station manager, Yvonne. We're going to follow his story for a bit now, but just a note, whenever Dan says Vanya or Yvonne, he's talking about the same person. It's just another name for Yvonne. Back to the car. This is the best car we could get for the money, and Yvonne bought it. He drove it home that night. He was elated. He said, Dan, we've got our, our station vehicle. And he went to bed. At three in the morning, he calls me. says, Dan, it's war. Well, I, I think I was in my bedroom when he called. Three, 3 a.m. <laughs> and when he said that, um, it didn't surprise me because I figured it was going to happen. What I was what I was thinking is, okay, Lord, you set us up ahead of time. We've made the preparations. We're going to just implement the plan that you set up for us to move to Moldova. We're not going to worry about it. We're going to wait for the right moment. Um, and I, I told Vanya to, you know, first of all, get everything ready. We have all this remote broadcast equipment in the station. I said, get that ready and get it in the car and get your kids ready and packed. And the moment you think it's safe to get on the road, go. I didn't mention this earlier, but when Yvonne was calling Dan at 3 a.m. saying, it's war, Yvonne's wife was in the other room watching as missiles flew across their apartment window. They knew they had to get out fast, but the fighting outside made it too dangerous to travel immediately. But after a few days, there was a lull in the warfare. During this lull in the fighting, they got in that new car, and they drove up to the border late at night uh, to Moldova, and they got through there after some border guards left them ahead of a line that had been about three or four miles long because they had three little kids in the backseat. They took them right up to the front of the border and got them through. So they make it to uh, Victor's church in Kishinyau, and they spend the night, and in the morning, Pastor Victor says, Yvonne, you got to leave. Because the Russians are coming from Transnistria. Vanya says, where to? I, we've got no place to go. 
And so he immediately calls me and he explains the situation. He says, Dan, we have to get out now. And I'm thinking to myself, where? Because we didn't have any other contacts in Moldova and Vanya couldn't go back to Odessa. And so I, as soon as we got off the phone, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Lord, this is your radio station. You put this all together. We've seen countless miracles in, in witnessing how this ministry of yours works. You gotta do again. And so I just, I just got on the internet. I started to do a Google search for evangelical Christians in Romania. Romania is part of NATO. And if you've been following the conflict in Ukraine over the last several months, you will know that the probability of Russia invading a NATO country is very low. I looked on a Google map and I saw three cities near the Moldovan border. I typed those in and some churches came up. So I start writing some letters on Facebook pages because there's no email listings and no phone numbers. And within six hours, two men from a town called Yash, they wrote to me and said, Dan, you just send them here. We'll get them a place to stay. Find a place for your radio station. Within a day of looking up alternative places for Yvonne and his family to go, God had provided a three-room apartment waiting for them in Romania, close to the border. So, Ivan and his family immediately go to Yash, and within two days, Ivan has set up the radio equipment and a spare office space in the apartment. And New Life Radio was able to go back live. At the same time, our Odessa station was only manned by one engineer. His name is Yuri. He's a young guy in his 20s. He refused to leave when he had a chance. And so he's, uh, he's keeping watch of the station. So now, to, as of today... We can go live during the day from Yash, Romania, where Ivan and our staffer Yeva do live programming. And at the end of their day, they switch the signal back to Odessa and Yuri over to the overnight and early morning programming using our automation computers. So um, we're on the air still because the Russian military hasn't destroyed our building. We're praying to the Lord that it doesn't happen. But if it does, then we'll continue on from Romania. And from there, we don't know. It's all up to the Lord. When we're assigned by the Lord to proclaim the gospel, ultimately it's his business. So we just step through open doors that he provides. He commands us not to worry. And so when we're presented with life and death situations sometimes, we are to assume that calmness of spirit that Christ has manifest to us. He's, he's shown us how to do it. Our job is to trust him. It's God who moves people in our lives and changes situations and scenarios so his purposes are accomplished. He's sovereign. So that's the entire story of New Life Radio, from its beginnings to most recently with the conflict in Ukraine. Now, 
I'm just going to let you in on the rest of the conversation that I had with Dan uh, about what NLR is doing right now, what they need, how we can partner with them in prayer, and possibly some resources that we could provide them with. Now, this is all so that the gospel can be spread to the Slavic people, whether they be in Russia or Ukraine or any of the surrounding areas. That's what we're going to be talking about and why that's important and how NLR is doing that. So I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the conversation. This was just a phone conversation, so you won't be hearing me on the mic. You'll be hearing me through a phone, but I hope you enjoy the rest of this conversation. Here it is. For someone who is in the United States, doesn't really understand the, the Slavic mission field, the evangelism that you guys are doing and the kind of the culture over there. Why is it important to evangelize specifically over the radio? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Okay, so if that is the scriptural mandate of how we come to faith, then we assess the tools we have. In Russia, unlike the community where you're in, where you can hear a lot of Christian stations, 99% of all communities have no full Christian radio station. And uh, and the uh, statistic is about the same in Belarus and slightly left in Ukraine. We're still talking more than 95% of communities have no station. So um, part of the challenge in Russia is that the... The Russian government has implemented so many laws against freedom of religion, meaning uh, there are laws on the books that prevent missionaries from freely going around anywhere in the country on their own. Pastors are restricted to doing work in their own church buildings. You can pass out Bibles on the streets in downtown Moscow in the middle of Siberia because it's against the law. You can't use the internet to tell your friends to come to a a home Bible study in your apartment in a public building, because that's against the law. So when you're facing a nation whose government has gone against the growth of the church through evangelism and discipleship, then you say, okay, how do we reach the people? If missionaries can't go out there, if pastors can't go out there, radio, internet radio, satellite radio, God's given us the means to program into those multiple formats of media being used by young people, middle-aged people throughout Russia, throughout Belarus, throughout um, Ukraine. And we're allowed to do it because the need to get the gospel into every community and into every year is still there. This will never leave us. You know, you speak about the freedom of having Christian radio in America. That's freedom that's unheard of in Russia for the bulk of the population. So our challenge as Christian broadcasters is find ways to continue to teach every mass media format we can to get into areas being forced to not be able to develop Christian media locally because of government sanction. So really, this is a this is a battle between forces between principalities and powers. This isn't just. Russian government under Vladimir Putin, who has done everything in his power for in 22 years to stop the development of Christian mass media. You know, God has given us the tools, so that's this is why we're doing it. We're getting the message in to to remote areas in in rural Russia, in Siberia that would that could that has uh, Christian communities that could never afford a radio station. 
So if we can do it from a place like Odessa, Ukraine, that's even under Russian naval artillery attack today, do it. Um, but one, one thing we've discovered is that Ukrainians, after this war started, are becoming less interested in all things Russian. And the reason we're in Odessa is because it is a Russian-speaking city. Um, it was a perfect spot to leave Russia, to go into Ukraine, to be in a city where there, everyone's a Russian speaker. And that served us well for the last couple of years. And with the development of this war, it's become clear that the Ukrainians really don't want anything to do with Russia. I mean, anything with Russia, including use of the language. So even in Odessa, we have discovered that people who normally speak only Russian are switching to Ukrainian as an act of protest, as an act of defiance. And so we're saying to ourselves, okay, if we're going to continue to minister to people within Ukraine, even though we've been using the Russian language all these years to do it, we're obviously going to have to make a big switch and establish a new channel in the Ukrainian language so we can reach a majority of the younger people in Ukraine. Because, by the way, young people in Ukraine are not taught Russian like they were during the Soviet period. So you have a whole new generation of young people in Ukraine who don't speak Russian. So, it's you know, we felt, we felt it's required to, to do whatever it takes to develop a, a plan to create a, a New Life Radio Ukraine service. So we're going to petition the government to, to apply for hundreds of local FM radio licenses to retransmit our signal in Ukrainian from Odessa. That's kind of where we see we're going as this, uh, as, as this war develops and hopefully ends soon. Because we need to equally reach people in Russia and Ukraine, but now we have to use a different method to do it through the language of the people in the country we're transmitting from. And so that's what we're currently working on, and I, I believe we're going to do it as soon as this war is over, if not earlier. Yeah, and you might have actually answered this question before I asked it, but you were breaking up just a tad. How far, I guess a better question is, what are the hurdles you guys have to jump over, and how can people listening get involved in aiding you guys to get that goal of Ukrainian uh, language-speaking programming? Well, logistically, it's it's pretty easy for us to pull off because – as long as we'll be able to have access to our studios in Odessa, we have we have like seven studios. So we can easily uh, split up our studio space in Odessa to dedicate for a Ukrainian channel. The next challenge will be to find good staff. And we're currently contacting uh, evangelical seminaries in, uh, in Ukraine, including the ones that have been bombed or shut down by this war, looking for three or four uh, – really good, talented radio missionaries with a seminary background. We need some good staff who know the Bible well, who can teach it. In the meantime, here from Pennsylvania, I'm working with a, a variety of groups to start compiling an exhaustive archive of Christian music in the Ukrainian language, because once the station goes on, it's, it's going to be a mix of Ukrainian, English, Christian music, um, and, and Bible teaching. Um, but all that, you know, costs. And unlike most radio stations, we're a pretty lean, mean operation. So here's what I would say to potential partners. We can finance a nationwide 
radio station in Ukrainian language for the price of supporting two American missionary couples to Russia a year. That's not much, but with that little, we can do a national job. So that's kind of where we are. So between um, putting the station together, getting the right uh, staff, getting the music together, getting the program resources we need, because we're only going to offer the, the absolute best Bible teachers in the world that we can find, because that's what we do for our Russian service. Um, getting those resources together and having the, the same amount of money that it would cost to support two missionary families, we could do this. Yeah, and I, I realize I actually haven't asked you this question yet. Tell me about the actual programming of the stations, whether it's going to be playing in Russia or Ukraine. Like, what is, what's the show flow look like? How much of it is Bible teaching? How much of it is maybe even conversations, interviews, music, stuff like that? Well, our our current format, I mean, except you know, as the war started because we're short staffed, our current format is about 35% uh, Bible teaching, apologetics, short sermons, interviews. We'll have, you know, Christian leaders come into our studios in Odessa. Uh, we, uh, we have about 65% uh, music. It's, uh, it's a mix of Russian, Christian, uh, English Christian, and it's, it's not a, it's not so current as some, as some would want. We feature the best of Christian music across genres, across time periods, because we've, uh, we've changed our orientation on music. We want every song to either praise the Lord or teach the word. So that kind of, that narrows your scope somewhat. Um, so we're going to do the same thing maybe with our with our Ukrainian service, although the Ukrainian might be a little more traditional uh, and a little less contemporary in terms of percentages of music that we have. But basically, we you know we have the kind of format you can listen to it all day long. And you you might be surprised to know this, but New Life Radio has been playing jazz at the end of every hour for 26 years. It's kind of a, you know, we're known as a fabulous music station. We feature the best, the best recording artists across genres. And, you know, you can, you can just listen to it all day. And that's, that's what we want because as people are listening, you're learning the Bible in little bits and pieces throughout the day. And you come away with it knowing a lot of Bible and learning from the best teachers that we have access to. What does this whole situation with Ukraine, with Yvonne having to flee the country, with Yuri staying, um, but still radio just can't seem to get quashed because the Lord still wants to use it? Like, what does this whole situation say about God? Well, when you come to know who the Lord is and you trust Christ in your life, you have the ability to take on really difficult scenarios. And I'll, I'll give you a for instance, just, just today. Um, Ivan is currently in Yash, Romania. We can't get money to him because the banks don't give out currency right now. Uh, he's having problems with uh, registering with the police to be able to stay there for a while. Uh, he left, he left Odessa. Uh, two days before his children's passports were ready 
and now his kids are in Romania, and the Romanian border guards won't let them pass back to Ukraine without passports, which he doesn't have. Yuri is sitting in the station. He's sleeping there overnight, every night, protecting the facilities all alone. And, you know, these two guys know that God has given them the responsibility to, to put the word of God out over this network, despite all these troubles they're having. And they're, they're joyous. They're just thanking God. They can't believe that they have the responsibility and the positions they have, despite the fact that they're in the midst of war. And Yuri is always facing the possibility of bombs coming from those those uh, Russian destroyers off the port of Odessa. You know, they they just they could come and nail him and they uh, and destroy the building. We don't know, but that doesn't deter him from the task that God has given him. Same with Ivan. No matter what happens, they're determined to serve the Lord in the position He's given them, and that's you know that's just a beautiful picture of Christian service really, that every Christian should aspire to. If you know the Lord, you trust Him, you know He'll see you through in the worst possible scenarios and conditions, and you and you love it as you're serving Him, because it's just the biggest privilege in your life to serve the King of the universe. Amen. Amen. Um, is there something that you would ask for prayer for? For, the, for those of us that are listening right now, for me specifically... How can we be praying for you today, tomorrow, in the next couple of months while Ukraine is in such a destabilized position right now? Uh, the first thing people can do is pray for peace. Because when you have peace, all things are possible. Pray that the Russian army would just turn around and go home. Uh, next, pray that our, our radio facility uh, in Odessa is spared, that it doesn't get bombed. Uh, and that we can use it for future use. Um, third, I would ask people to pray that God would place people in our path to help us with all the various components that it's going to take to pull off this new Ukrainian uh, ministry, this Ukrainian radio service that will be available on a national and international basis. We just we ask God to send people on our path. So pray that he puts people to meet the various needs that we're going to have in in finding staff, in, in developing the archives of Bible teaching and music we need, and to paying the mission support of the missionaries who come to work with us. Um, that's pretty much what I would ask for. But first of all, peace. God give us peace because once we have peace, Ukraine is going to be in a new position of rebuilding their society. And you can also pray that the government of Zelensky is favorable to Christian ministries as we go in and promote all these new ministry projects that will probably require government permission to do. Pray that we have mercies from the government as we seek to expand our discipleship and evangelism outreach nationally. I just stand back amazed over almost 40 years of the places God has taken me and the things he's allowed me to do in his service. But it's all because God is showing me and leading me. And I just simply want to serve him. That's it. Looking back on this conversation with Dan, I loved hearing how he glorified the Lord with his story. 
Some of the parts of his story are so Hollywood, I guess I would call it. It's like him talking to the director of this communications facility that used to be part of this communist communications apparatus and to broadcast radio, Christian radio, through a satellite in space. Like, it's like a spy movie, but for Christian radio. Like, I'm just struck by the story, but at the same time, Dan is always hearkening back to the character of God, the goodness of God, the sovereignty of God in providing um, ways for Dan and his team at NLR to glorify the Lord by, for example, having Yvonne and his family escape Ukraine and protecting Yuri and the studio from the warfare in Ukraine right now. And even if, like like Dan said earlier in the conversation, even if Yuri and the station get destroyed, like God is still going to use it for his glory. And I just, I just love um, that aspect of my conversation with Dan and how he's just glorifying the Lord in every bit of his story. Um, all of the links related to NLR, New Life Radio, are going to be in the show notes. They need some help. They want to provide Ukrainian-speaking programming to the area. They want to spread the gospel and I just really enjoyed my conversation with Dan, and I love their mission. And I hope that you will take a couple moments to visit their website to maybe contribute via funding or contribute via networking with possible Ukrainian-speaking biblical people. I don't know who's going to listen to this, but I hope that you consider helping NLR and helping the mission of spreading the gospel to that portion of the world. I really do. Um, And now it's time for me to plug this show, as I always do. But seriously... NLR is so awesome. Go to the show notes. They're linked over there. If you haven't yet uh, and and you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. It really helps us out. Let us know who you are, where you're listening from, as well as what topics in scripture and what I've been covering more here recently, stories. If you have any of those, please uh, say hi to me at rootstoppod on Instagram. Again, that's roots.pod. Let me know those topics and scripture and stories that we'd like to share or talk about or have us cover. As always, guys, go to the Bible, read the text. That's Even though I'm covering stories recently and covering these cool conversations with people that have gone through things, the whole root of this is scripture. Please go to the Bible because that's God's revealed word and that is how we know him is through his word through reading the text and praying that God might open our eyes to see him for who he is. So please, this week, read the text, pray that God might open your eyes to see him for who he really, really is. Let your maker root you to himself. That's it for this week. I will be back in two weeks. Actually, wait, (laughs) wait, I think that I will not see you in two weeks because guess what? In two weeks, we will be in the month of May. And I can't promise there will be an episode released on May 6th, but I don't think there will be because May 2022 is the month that I am getting married. I'm getting married and I will be taking the month of May off of everything from my actual job, from this wonderful podcast that I get to work on. You will not hear from me for a while, but I promise you. I will come back. I will keep making stuff as long as I can. But I'm getting married. Sorry, I got to take the time off. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, 
leave us a five-star review, all that good stuff. Let your maker read you to himself, and I will see you guys after I get married. So here's single Alex signing off for the last time. Talk to you later. I don't know why I just ended that like a phone call. Sorry. Have a good day. Thank you.